Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Improv Chronicle Podcast. I'm Lloydie. When improv means business. Improvisers going into workplaces to give improv skills to staff members is nothing new. It's something that's become increasingly useful to corporations the world over, with many of the big names in finance, technology and pharmaceuticals using improvisers to help their staff gain valuable skills. So what exactly does improv give to the corporate world? And how is it benefiting workplaces even during, or especially during, the pandemic? My first port of call on this subject was close to home for me. Well, we see um, organisations coming into us for, with, with a wide range of needs. Richard Bradford is head of facilitation at one of the improv companies I work for, the Maydays. He acts as a bridge between organisations and their needs and the Maydays and what we're able to do in terms of delivering trainings and experiences. I think the thing with improv, though, is that, that there is a fear that, that the, the teams that people have in mind may not respond well to, to it being improv because they think they're going to have to sing on stage and it's going to be petrifying. Um, so, so what we try and do is, is think of improvisation as applied to different skill sets that an organisation knows they need help with, and you know the organisations leave us to, to 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 bridge it and make it work for that organisation, even if it's a, a a team full of introverts um, that that you know would run a mile if they knew what they what it was or what they thought it was going to be. But but we we will have improv sessions for um, things like sales pitch training and 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 you know proposing to other organizations and pre, you know presentation work um just things around uh, ideation flexibility and agility uh, group dynamics where a team as i said earlier is probably kind of works a lot together but perhaps just in a quite ossified way and they need to just kind of shake loose um with senior executives we do quite a lot around confidence and communication skills and uh, and and their own engagement and mindfulness as well. Just being present, being really kind of in a good active listening space. Listening is something that came up in different ways throughout making this episode. Aya Mendoza is from Manila in the Philippines and teaches with Third World Improv. They run classes and shows and go into businesses as well. Overall, it's a lot of interpersonal skills, isn't it? That's, that's I think, it's the, at the heart of it. Um, there's a... A lot of what corporate improv does is allowing, I think, the humanity to come back to corporations where it can be very cold, it can be very um, clinical, you know, uh, oftentimes <laughs> employees. Well, from our experience when we when we do our corporate uh, improv training, it it oftentimes in teams it can feel like not so much of a team and more like the employees are 
utilities, you know, they're cogs in the machine. And that can always really impact just general collaboration, innovation, creativity, my goodness, everything, psychological safety, uh, uh, the feeling of connectedness at work, the feeling of uh, being heard and all, all those all those nice things. Uh, and so corporate improv really helps most teams discover how to make each other look good, right? How to make the team look good, uh, how to listen to each other properly, to work together, collaborate. Um, so that's that's all a lot of the, that's the lay of the land. That's like the bird's eye view of what improv can give during the <laughs> normal times. Neil Malarkey is a member of the Comedy Store Players in London, UK, and has been teaching improv to people in all walks of life for nearly a quarter of a century. It's interesting. At the top level, it helps individuals listen better. It helps teams work better. It helps people understand that their way of seeing the world is not unique and that diversity can actually be creative, not destructive. But at its base level, I think if I've allowed a team just to have fun together, to laugh, I've done a good job. Do you think that last point about them being able to laugh is sometimes underrated by businesses? Definitely. People talk about creativity, innovation, collaboration, and they don't realise that people laughing together is emblematic and also creates the right environment. Laughter, humour, not laughing at somebody, but that sense of having a smile together does mean that people are prepared to take risks. They're people people are prepared to speak up. Uh, there's a book called Humour, Seriously, which is excellent by some improv and academics. They know how important humour is to make teams work better together. It doesn't have to be silly. It doesn't have to be aggressive. In fact, I think banter often isn't humour at all. It's just bullying. But organisations, I often ask them, you may be thinking about your 10,000 steps, your five a day. What about a laughter audit? Are you laughing enough in meetings, between meetings, in groups? What's the energy? Is it somehow creating humanity or is it somehow depleting shared humanity what specific skills do you think improv can offer to workplaces because very often a corporation will turn around and say yes but what what can we actually show for this training people don't always know what improv can provide some people think it helps presentation skills and it does some people think that it helps you to think on your feet without falling flat on your face which is one of the courses I, I have run. Yes, that's true. You can feel confident in, in uncertain moments. If you're listening, you'll always have something to say. But also, if you look at that more deeply, you'll get on better with your colleagues, with your clients. So improv is how do we deal with what's before us? Sometimes I call it leadership in the moment, so it can help leaders. Improv can be an interpersonal skill. Hey, are we doing stuff together? Am I listening to you? Am I bantering in a good way? Am I taking what you say and, I don't know, just networking, listening to what you're saying, having better conversations? And then at a more profound level, if you are thinking about a world that is changing and ambiguous and complex, then improv says we can cope with this. Because you're when you're an improv scene, it can go anywhere. It may go initially in a place you expect, it may change, it may transform. 
And if you've got the mindset of an improviser, as a leader, as somebody who's trying to think about the future, then you are going to feel confident that change will be something you can cope with. In fact, improv is always saying, we don't know what's going to come. And that is an advantage, not a disadvantage. And change things have. The pandemic has been a big shift for all of us. So has that made the adaptability of an improv mindset even more relevant? Richard Bradford thinks so. So I think the the, the pandemic has affected businesses in, in a lot of ways. And it's been lovely to see how actually people working from home uh, can generate a lot of productivity. And there's probably more trust around that model than there was before. But what it hasn't taken away from a human perspective is that, that, that feeling of isolation. And we've seen how improvisation can really unite people together in a way that just any old Zoom call cannot do. Again, it's an, it's an ability to form deep connections with people and to, to, to get people to kind of relax and share and, and feel a part of a, a deeper team um, that, that is really important. But I think the other thing is also about the, the, the quality of those Zoom meetings, because we're all, you know, to varying degrees, probably sick of them by now. But if, as everything seems to be suggesting, people are going to carry on working remotely for at least a part of the time, those meetings, I mean, there's always been a question as to how effective meetings are, but those meetings are going to have to be effective. And um, the May Days have been doing a lot of work around um, creating environments within Zoom constructs where where we, we, we can get around the fact that body language and tone of voice can often be missed or muffled by by poor internet connections and so on. So we're kind of reconstructing what a Zoom meeting needs to be like in order to be a, a lot more on a par with you know the effectiveness of a, of a face-to-face situation. For corporations during the pandemic, I think we also have to, we first have to look at what the corporations are going through at during uh, the pandemic, what the pandemic has taken away from a lot of businesses. Um, obviously, the lack of the working from home situation has uh, made things like, um, you know, eye contact, you know, that's impossible. Um, other social cues are, is also a little bit difficult. And so even more than ever, it has I guess, for lack of a better word, reduced a lot of the employees to feeling even more like, again, cogs in the machine, um, that, you know, they're just kind of, uh, we so here in the Philippines, we, we say like, you're just hands, basically, like you're literally just executing things. And other than that, nothing else. Um, so for improv to come in, it kind of, I, I, I've seen, I think, the biggest value. We've done a couple of um, corporate workshops over the pandemic online, which is very interesting. Um, one of the biggest things is that realization in mostly, you know, like the, the leadership in the corporation, that realization that comes into their eyes when they when they say, oh, my goodness, yes, these are these are people I'm working with um, or understanding like this is how I can hear them better. Or these are the things that they are they are telling me that I'm not listening to. And Aya brings us back to listening again in relation to online calls, as does Neil. Well, I found that, of course, I've applied all the skills I've got from the theatre and especially improv 
to Zoom and other video platforms. Listening is vital in video calls. Making it interactive is vital in those calls. Dealing with what's in front of you, if somebody says something you didn't expect, making sure that everyone is part of the conversation, making sure people don't hog it, <laughs> that there's good turn-taking, uh, thinking creatively, not just about what's being said, but just the way you set things up. So have conversations to begin with that are fun and social rather than getting to the task straight away. I experimented with standing up when presenting on Zoom, and now people are saying that's helping them bring energy to tell their stories better. I experiment with changing the dynamics. So I move in and out of shot. I uh, go into the depths. I bring in 3D objects. Then it lives in a way that perhaps just slides don't. So all of the things that I naturally would be thinking about how to make an improv show more interactive, more interesting, more creative, and dare I say, funnier, can apply to Zoom, definitely. That's true. I think people are very, very quick to click on the screen share button, aren't they, rather than necessarily bring it to life themselves. Yeah. And so I say you should animate the screen. So use your hands. And I often say to people, let's go and get an object. So it's been really interesting to ask people in advance, bring an object that's got you through lockdown. And they tell stories and we get to understand them and we share our humanity. I say, get up and move about because sitting is the new smoking. So if you're sitting hunched over a laptop for 12 hours a day, it's not good for you. Your physical life, your creative life, your cognitive skills. So go get an object. Um, be honest. If there's a, somebody from Amazon at the front door or children and pets and partners, bring them in, share the shot. So the thing we've been doing at the comedy store We've done a thing called crowdsource, spelt source like tomato sauce. I'm saying bring, <laughs> let's have multiple people on the screen because it's great to see two, three people interacting with one another. The screen comes alive. So I'm always trying to get the interaction that I would get in a comedy club, in a, in a theater, in a workshop. And it's not impossible. It's a shame that I don't see them, but I'm, I feel as involved with them um, as I would in face to face. And I did a, an improv session for the International Coaches Federation. They said, can you tell us about improv and how it might apply to team or group coaching? And it was just such a thrill. I had people from Costa Rica, Rwanda, Vietnam, Singapore, the United States, Europe, Far East, Far South. And it was just wonderful to be part of that. Obviously, I wish I could be there all those places in real life. But for a moment, we shared something very widely. And I do love to travel, but thinking about my carbon footprint. Uh, but we, I would never have had those people in, in one moment in the past. So that's been the offer, I suppose, the, the yes and of, of uh, improv jargon that COVID has given us. Despite all the terrible, terrible stories we hear, we have found ways of, of humanity gathering and talking and sharing over and above any geographical boundaries. Improv embraces uncertainty. Improv enjoys vulnerability and fallibility. You can make mistakes in improv, and sometimes they're the most wonderful part of the evening. Sometimes they bring the greatest joy when somebody giggles or mishears or says something they didn't quite mean to say. And that is where I think improv has a profound 
influence on businesses because it embraces our humanity. Lots of businesses will say we encourage risk, we encourage failure, and then they don't. Uh, improv gives guide rails for creativity and collaboration that allow for difference and allow for fallibility. Neil talks about guide rails, and those are things that you set up ahead of a task. But as Richard points out, sometimes in businesses, things can be done a peculiar way around. When organisations have had a really busy year and they've done really well, they'll reward people by doing a fun thing. (laughs) And it's just like, it feels like, oh, you know, have we gone right back to school that you've done the whole year and you get to bring in games on the last day? It's ridiculous. You know, if we flip that and see how how doing that at the start of a of a period and and just, you know, getting people really just being happy in what they do and communicating freely and openly and having frank conversations and just feeling that confidence from being genuine, then that will power an organization forward to even better outcomes, surely. And having people happy in their work is something that Aya is passionate about. You spend so much of your time at your corporate job. And to do that, to do to go through those hours without seeing it through the lens and putting a filter of joy through it is just draining, you know, all these people mentally and like emotionally and it it becomes that's why we have so many corporate people who are so jaded who have no idea like they're just going through the motions and it's it's turning them into again just like shells of people almost um they're it's people are so bitter at work right Uh, it's very common here at least um so that's i think that's i'll never get tired of doing an corp a corporate improv workshop and seeing people kind of be reinvigorated that just that shift in mindset you know that perspective uh it's oftentimes it's it's as improvisers we take it for granted it's it's simple for us it's like it's our everyday but a lot of them really just it blows them away to realize um what, what what can be possible and how much uh more human a workplace can become and neil feels anyone in business or any walk of life, can benefit from the experience of an improv show or class? Well, I'm on a mission now. I'm at an age where I can look back and say to everyone, this is what I've learned. And I want everyone listening to this podcast to go and see an improv show and attend an improv class. And you can. You can attend one anywhere in the world. Just try it out. Enjoy the fun of it enjoy the collaborative spirit of it so go watch a show in person when it's ready and attend an improv class because it'll lift your spirits and give you such confidence in yourself and in others and in this process that's been around for over a century actually starting with a social worker in chicago next time on the Improv Chronicle podcast. Getting out of your head. From time to time, many, if not most, improvisers find themselves stuck inside their head and thinking too much. Next episode, a variety of improvisers share their perspectives on that phenomenon and tips on how to cope with it. The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and hosted by me, Lloydy James Lloyd, There's a newsletter to go with this podcast and it comes out on the weeks when we don't release an episode. Sign up and get the world of improv in your inbox when you go to 
improvchronicle.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.